0: This week on Geek Explained, we're kicking off the month of June with an annual tradition. So join me as I dive into the top five comics you should be reading in 2022. Welcome back to Geek Explained. I'm your host, Eric Azana, and today's episode is the first for the month of June. We are officially in summertime, I think, but today's episode is all about comic books because I will be talking about my top five comics that you should be reading in 2022. We do this every year, it's always a ton of fun, and I just want to say, first off, before we dive in everything, thank you so much to everybody who tuned in for X May 2022. All of last month was dedicated to the X-Men. I had some wonderful guests We had some great discussions and I got a lot of great feedback on the episodes. So if you haven't yet, go back in the archives. You don't have to go very far. Check those out. They were four absolutely wonderful discussions. I had a ton of fun, and I cannot wait to do it again next year. But now we're in June. We are heading towards the middle of the year, and by this time, normally, in the schedule of the podcast, I've already done this episode, but because we did take off the month of April, which was much needed, I am doing it now, and i Oh boy, we're talking about comics, which I, you know how much I love talking about. Uh, we're talking about my top five comics, and this was a list that was very hard to put together. So I'm excited to share my list with you. Um, I'm sure you will notice that there is no news segment if you've looked at the show notes, if you looked at the timestamps, and I'm still kind of working out the new format for the podcast. I think part of the reason that I got so burnt out on it was because I had to keep waiting to make sure I was current with everything. So I am trying something new. I'm not going to be doing a whole compilation of news for each week if that's something that you miss in the podcast, feel free to let me know. Geeksplained at gmail.com. Send your emails. I always read them and also send them if you want to be part of the mailbag. We'll get into that later. But for now, a uh, couple things that I do want to touch on. Doctor Who news has been fantastic. Very, very excited about that. Um, Doctor Strange the Multiverse of Madness came out and we actually did a book club one shot that dropped last week where I Malcolm Russell Nelson and Jacob Brown, the co-hosts of the Geek Explained Book Club, went deep in on this movie, talking about all of our thoughts on it. So go check that out as well. And lots of stuff's going on. Kenobi dropped. We had Star Wars Celebration, which was really fun. Uh, Kenobi's been really good. I really like the first two episodes, but... I am very, I'm cautiously optimistic because the Disney Plus shows are you know very up and down. So I'm I'm waiting to see it in its completion. But we've got tons of really exciting stuff going on this year. So I think for now I'm going to keep my thoughts when it comes to the news to stuff that I kind of am thinking about when I sit down to record the podcast. Uh, if there's anything that you want me to specifically touch on, feel free to write in to our mailbag. Once again. Emails to geeksplain.gmail.com, put mailbag in the subject header, and I will read it. So if there's anything you want me to specifically discuss, that would be the place to do it. But with all of that out of the way, we have our main discussion, the top five comics that you should be reading this year. And of course, after the jump, stay tuned for the comics countdown, where I'll chat you up about all the comics you should be picking up this week. Week, And before we get into it, I'm sure you can hear I'm a little stuffed up in this episode. Um, I'm not sick, thankfully. However, my partner is fostering a kitten and that cat has set my allergies on fire. So I am going to be a little bit stuffed up in this episode. I apologize for that in advance. But I do hope you stick with me because this is going to be a great episode talking about some great comics. But without further ado, let's get this ball rolling right on into the main event, the main course, the entree, if you will, as I chat you up about my top five comics that you should be reading in 2022. It's the most wonderful time of the year because we're talking about comics. Uh, This is our top five comics that you should be reading in 2022 and... I got to tell you right up front, this was a tough list to put together because there are so many good comics going on right now. We are, in fact, spoiled for choice here in the year of our Lord 2022 when it comes to great comics, and that made this really difficult, probably the most difficult that it's been so far in this entire time we've been doing this podcast. I think I've done four of these. This was actually, fun fact, our very first episode of the podcast was the top five comics that you You should be reading way back in the far-flung year of, what was that, 2018? Gosh. Um, This was tough. Other years, I think there were clear standouts, and there were definitely comics that I knew immediately I would be putting on this list. But I was kind of shocked at how hard it was to not only narrow them down, but also to actually place them and rank them I think let me see here I've got I had at least 15 comics at the start of this that I for sure wanted to be on this and I narrowed it down to my top five and I've also got four honorable mentions because I couldn't not have honorable mentions so before we get into the list let's talk about those real quick first off we've got Iron Fist by Alyssa Wong and Michael YG this is Everything that you would want out of a soft reboot of Iron Fist. The central mystery behind Danny Rand trying to figure out who this new Iron Fist is, why do they have the power of Shao Lao, it's a really great mystery that doesn't spend very long, at least uh, with the reader, on letting you know what the deal is, but... The fact of the matter is, characters like Danny, like Luke, like all of the Iron Fist adjacent characters, are scrambling to figure out who this new Iron Fist is, and I think it's really cool. If you were one of the people who kind of skipped out on Iron Fist, Heart of the Dragon, first of all, how dare you? That comic was incredible. You might be a little lost as to why Danny Rand isn't technically Iron Fist anymore, but The crux of it is Iron Fist, Danny Rand, gave up his power to stop a world-ending threat and now someone else has the power. And so he has to figure out who this is and what kind of threats they're facing because they've got some problems of their own. It's a great book. I couldn't put it on the list just yet because it's very early on. Very early on in the book so far. But if it continues with the quality that it has been going, I think for sure this is going to show up on next year i've i've got a good feeling plus the artist stellar Alyssa wong is a wonderful writer who i just ah she's fantastic she everything that she's put out i've really enjoyed so i'm excited to see where the book goes also x-men by uh, jerry duggan and pepe laraz this was fantastic from the get-go onward up to where it is now. It's an amazing book. This was the first X-Men official team spinning out of uh, the Hellfire Gala since the beginning of the Krakoan era. With Krakoa the whole island decided that they didn't need the X-Men, more or less. So the X-Men as a team has kind of been dormant since Jonathan Hickman took over the books. But following the Hellfire Gala, following the X-Men vote of 2021, it sounds like a catastrophe or something. The, oh yes, we remember back to the Hel- the Hellfire Gala and the X-Men vote of 2021. Um, we have a new X-Men team, and it's a killer killer x-men team cyclops gene gray wolverine the good one uh we've got sync polaris rogue sunfire and i'm missing someone i'm pretty sure i'm missing someone who am i missing who am i missing i don't think i'm missing anybody i think it's just seven either way um It's been a great book so far, dealing with the return of the X-Men, their public image, the fact that they now kind of represent a peacekeeping uh, force outside of Krakoa, and all of the legal, political, and social ramifications that come with that. I've been really enjoying it, plus we've been dealing with some kaiju battles, some space stuff. It's been really good, and now Captain Krakoa is on the scene. It's been a wonderful book, lots of stuff in store, however... I do think that uh, it's kind of in this weird holding period before Axe starts. Uh, Avengers, X-Men, Eternals, Judgment Day, whatever. So I am, I'm excited to see where we go after this. We know that Judgment Day is probably going to be a good crossover story, but I, I, I really like the X-Men by themselves right now, and they've been doing really good work. Uh, and speaking of X-Men, X-Men Red uh, by Al Ewing and Stefano Caselli. It's Ewing in space, 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 which is always his sweet spot. He does a wonderful job with anything having to do with Marvel Cosmic. Go check out his Guardians of the Galaxy run. It slaps. It honks. It is all of the adjectives you could want. It's wonderful. Um, and Stefano Coselli. I mean, what more do you want? The art is beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. The art is beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. I can't get enough of it. We are establishing the Brotherhood on Mars. There is no X-Men on Mars slash Araco. They are the Brotherhood. And we are getting Storm versus Vulcan, my boy, my sweet baby boy, Gabriel Summers. I love this Loveless to death. Again, but just like Iron Fist, it is a little too early to tell exactly what the story is going to be. So I, for now, am putting it on the honorable mentions, but I would not be surprised to see it on the list proper come 2023. And the final honorable mention, this one hurt me to put it on the honorable mentions and not have it on the list proper. But ultimately, I did put Human Target on the honorable mentions. I know everyone who's been reading DC Comics is clutching their pearls, but hear me out. Written by Tom King, art by Greg Smallwood. This is the best book DC's put out? Question mark? Ellipses? Dot, dot, dot? I'm not sure. Um, There is a book that I think matches it when it comes to quality and consistency. However, the reason it is in the honorable mentions is because it's on break right now. Human Target is on break currently. Uh, It had its first six issues. They were all incredible masterpiece comic storytelling. And then it went on break. And we're not going to get another issue of it until September. So that, for me, is a really hard pill to swallow. I understand why it's happening. This isn't me complaining about, oh, why aren't we continuing on with this? Greg Smallwood is a very good artist. And good art takes time. So they are giving him the time to bring together all 12 of these issues so we don't have to have a random artist switch up, Batcat, I'm looking at you, but I am still a little bummed about it, however, it does give you the perfect opportunity to go back, check out the first six issues, or what Tom King is calling season one, and it is it is a wild ride, it is wonderful, the art is Next level. The writing is fantastic. You know how much I love Tom King. So that rounds out the list of honorable mentions. Again, I love all of these books. Do not be surprised if all of them make their way onto the list next year. But for the year of 2022, these are your top five comics that you should be reading. And we're starting things off with a sentimental favorite. It was between Human Target and this for. The number five spot, and ultimately I gave the number five spot to Superman, Son of Kal-El. Again, very hard. It's like choosing between two of my favorite children. But written by Tom Taylor, art by Sean Tormi, at least right now it is. Um, The synopsis for the book goes like this. Jonathan Kent has experienced a lot in his young life. He's traveled the galaxies with his Kryptonian grandfather and lived in the future with the Legion of Superheroes, who were intent on training him for the day his father, Clark Kent could no longer be Superman. There is a hole in the Legion's history that prevents John from knowing exactly when that will happen, but all signs point to it being very soon. It's time for the son to wear the cape of his father and bear the symbol of hope that has told the world who Superman really is. And this was the big debut on the main stage for Superman being John Kent. Uh, This was the book that Replace the mainline just Superman book while Clark Kent has continued his adventures in War World in action comics and here John Kent is on his own there is no paling around with his dad there is no you know Osh god G- golly G willikers let's do some super sons shenanigans this is John Kent standing on his own doing his own stuff and I'm really just I'm loving it so far. It's been a fantastic return to kind of the the, the original form of what Superman represented early on in his uh, comic book tenure, which is Superman versus social politics. If you think I'm, you know, full of shit, go back in the archives. Check out my Superman versus uh, social injustice episode. It was one of my favorite episodes I've ever done on the podcast where I went through his entire history of him fighting social inequality. And this book deals a lot with that. This book deals a lot with uh, modern and I would say, you know, real world problems that we're dealing with in this society that we live in, but also in the world of the DC universe. And Tom Taylor as a writer never misses for me. He just he he does he just doesn't, and the art has been hit or miss. I wasn't a huge fan of John Timms as an art as an artist and as the beginning artist for this. I do uh, it's it's not to say that he's a bad artist. I just I don't click with his art. However, that being said, the book has been fantastic so far, and John kind of filling out the role of Superman, becoming this beacon of hope for a world that is constantly looking down on him because he's not his dad is really compelling. And I think it's just a fantastic story of growing into who you're supposed to be. And speaking of who you're supposed to be, this book has caught a lot of media attention thanks to the reveal that John Kent is bisexual. Now, I think this is, I mean, of course the world as it is this got blown way out of proportion that being said if you wanted publicity for your book this is the way to do it um i i think it's amazing that we are seeing more bisexual characters um maybe john's gay we don't know we don't know yet he's figuring his life out just like any person his age is figuring their life out and all of it's completely valid bringing in uh Jay Nakamura as a character has been really fascinating um as somebody who is always striving for more asian characters bring them on in and the relationship that has been burgeoning between the two of them is really fun and i really really dig it Uh, if you've been listening to the uh spider-man or the ultimate spider-man book club that we've been doing every friday i was a huge fan of the romance between kitty pride and peter parker because Spider-Man's whole deal with why he couldn't be with Mary Jane was because she could always get hurt. And hey, here's someone who can pal around with him and can't get hurt. Well, Jay Nakamura serves the exact same uh, role in this partnership because he too cannot get hurt. So I also like the intrigue when it comes to the social platforms that they are using. Um, The fact that Jay Nakamura is kind of the head of this organization called The Truth. It's been a wonderful just re, I don't know, kind of bringing Superman back to basics with his mission statement. And we've got tons of stuff on the way. Just the amount of visibility and the amount of representation in this book has been really good. Uh, We're getting, speaking of representation, we're getting the first official DC canon appearance of Dreamer. Uh, who was originated by Nicole Maines in the Supergirl cartoon. Very excited about this. This is going to be the book that opens the door for so many people to read comics. And I am so happy that I got into start reading it at the ground level. It's been amazing so far. And my favorite story slash issue so far has been the Nightwing crossover, which uh, takes place in... It's, I believe, Nightwing number 90, don't quote me on that, Um, and for the Superman Son of Kal-El portion, that's issue number 9, it's the easy play, I'm an easy mark for a Superman and Nightwing team up, but the way that they took that basic prompt and turned it into, okay, let's have a conversation about sons and fathers, I absolutely adore this book, it's so good. And you can pick up the next issue, which is number 12, on June 14th. So just a couple weeks away. It's ugh, it, it's so good. It's, it's worth picking up. Go back, check out the previous 11 issues, come back, pick up issue 12. It's going to be amazing. So next up, at the number 4 spot, we have Firepower. Firepower is a book that has been... On the on the border, right on the cusp of breaking into the, uh, breaking into the top five every single year since it started, and it has finally made its way on. Uh, written by Robert Kirkman, art by Chris Somney. Um, I love this book. The synopsis goes like this. The one who wields the firepower is destined to save the world, but Owen Johnson has turned his back on that life. He doesn't want the power. He never did. He only wants to spend time with his family and live his life, but unseen forces are at work to make that impossible. Danger lurks around every corner as Owen's past comes back to haunt him. This book is amazing, and I have loved this book straight up from the announcement. I knew this was going to be amazing. Two of my favorite creators, Robert Kirkman and Chris Somney, writing about a story where we have our Asian lead throwing fireballs at his enemies. I knew I was going to love this, but what I didn't expect was that it was going to be about family. It was going to be about... The Ones You Love, and Legacy, and all of this stuff that is right up my alley. Uh, It's my favorite indie comic right now. I profess that I am not an indie aficionado. I am still... Openly getting uh, recommendations for indie comics, and I always welcome them because that is a big uh, blind spot for me, and anytime I'm introduced to a new indie comic, it makes me really excited. And this one, I have just, I I love this book so much. Uh, Centering it around the prompt of, yeah, this guy basically has, if Iron Fist could throw his flaming fist at people. However, it's about what if he didn't want it, what if he retired, but, you know, the forces of evil won't let him, is fantastic. Uh, This is pure just family man adventures, I think. Uh, Shout out to Dallas of the Comics Collective on Twitter, who said, If you wanted to read a book about what Spider-Man's life would be if he settled down in the suburbs with Mary Jane and had some kids and still had to deal with shit, it's this book hundred percent correct um this is a wonderful book not just as somebody who of course being an asian-american i'm like give me more asian-american books um this was also something that i think we need in superhero comics and just comics in general i'm not saying this this is necessary like a straight-up superhero comic but he does get a super suit i'm just gonna say that um but his his whole deal with him trying to get out of that life, and now he is having to account for his family, he is having to bring them into this crazy, wacky, bizarre world that he thought he had left behind, it's just a wonderful story, and you get... Interplay with him and his wife, with him and his two kids, with these agents who have been placed in their lives without their knowing, and you get to go back and find out, oh, what happened after he left this temple? It's incredible, and it is all punctuated with... Chris Somney's amazing art. It is next level shit. Like, I have always been a huge Somney fan. I have been for a very long time. You know how much I love Chris Somney's art. If you have ever asked me once about what my favorite Daredevil run is, I will chat your ear off about how much I love Chris Somney's art, and he is at his all-time best, doing his art on this every single time. He's never, you know, drawn a bad book to me, at least. But he is doing some trans, some transcendental, next-level shit here. Uh, there is a big old double-page spread in issue twenty that is breathtaking. And he's been doing a lot more splash pages in the issues so far, so I I'm excited to see more of it. And it's really it's really starting to hit its stride. You know, the book has been strong all the way through, but it hasn't always been something that's been eye catching to people, which sucks because it's been a wonderful ride from start. All the way to present day, but people are starting to take notice. People who, even people who had, I think, dropped the book are starting to come back because they're like, oh, he's fighting a dragon now? Sign me up. Which makes me very happy because now I can stop shouting into the void and other people can see just how good this book has been the entire time. But again, It's hitting its stride, it's getting bigger, it's getting grander, and it's only going to get more impressive as we go along. My favorite story slash issue so far for this, funny enough, has been the uh, prelude OGN. This was an original graphic novel, which more or less was a prologue for for the series that I would say probably condenses like at least six to ten issues of stories into one little graphic novel to give you the information you need i love it it's a great world building device that i think would be cool to see more of nowadays but the book just picks up from there and continues on i want to give a quick shout out to issue two because there is this amazing fight in because Obviously, our lead character, Owen Johnson, is living in the suburbs, and he's attacked by who else? A ninja. But everybody's sleeping because it's school night, and his wife has to get up early for for work tomorrow. So, Owen is fighting this ninja in the house, and it's completely silent. It's a wonderful scene. Um, also, issue 19 is just amazing, and issue 20 is even better than that. But... For the next issue that you can pick this up, first off, go back, check out the Prelude OGN, check out the first 20 issues, and then come back because this week we're talking issue 21. Stay tuned for the comics countdown later on down the line in this episode for me to talk about the issue that's coming up, but it's it's a great book. It just It's right up my alley. It's amazing from start to finish when it comes to the writing when it comes to the art it's a book that you should not be sleeping on because before long this is going to be something that people are paying attention to and giving all kinds of accolades but speaking of directly up my alley at the number three spot I am very very excited about this it's Batman Superman World's Finest this is a book and I know I know what You're going to say, but you knew this book was going to be here. You had to know, knowing me, that this book was going to be on this list. Because this was a book made specifically just for me. Uh, It's written by Mark Wade, duh. Art by Dan Mora, duh. And the synopsis for the series goes like this. The Dark Knight, The Man of Steel. They are the two finest superheroes that the world has ever known, and they're together again in an epic new series from the legendary talents of Mark Waid and Dan Mora. In the not-too-distant past, Superman's powers are supercharged from a devastating chemical attack by the villain Metallo. And the only ally that the ultra-powerful Man of Tomorrow can turn to in this turbulent hour is Gotham's own dark vengeance, the Batman. A nearly fatal burst of power drives Bruce Wayne to his own extreme measures to help his friend, enlisting none other than the Doom Patrol for aid. It's the world's greatest superheroes from the world's greatest comic book talent in an epic comic book experience that kicks off the next big events in the DCU. Get ready, it's time to soar. I love that tagline. Get ready, it's time to soar. And that's exactly what this book is doing. Uh, This is, like I said at the jump... A book made just for me. I mean, S- Superman, Mark Wade. You know I need it. You know how much I love the idea of that. I've been pitching a Mark Wade and Chris Somni Superman book for years, and having both Mark Wade and Chris Somni on this list, it's chef's kiss. It's perfection. But having Mark Wade paired with Dan Mora is a combination that I never thought of, and it is. So good. This book is straight up just silver age goodness. It's not quite as goofy or silly as you would expect for stories for that time. However, it's not, you know, dark and gritty and like intense and whatever and depressing and black label as like a lot of stories at DC Comics especially are right now. It's the story that sits right where the Markway Daredevil runs does a little bit of darkness lots of camp and overall a focus on the human aspects of these characters it's just wonderful Mark Wade you know how much I love him as a creator as a writer he's he probably is my favorite writer of all time and it is just it's indicative that it's only been three issues in, and I'm already in love with it, and it's already on the top five. <laughs> um, it's, it's just a book that I can see myself returning to and recommending to everybody. It's a book that is timeless in the way that it's telling a story that isn't tied up with any of the current goings-on in any of the comic... Uh, comic events that are going on right now dark crisis stuff like that and in a way you could place this at any point in the superheroes history at any point in any age golden age bronze age silver age whatever and the story makes sense it fits in the art by dan mora is gorgeous doing some really slick redesigns i love the designs of robin and supergirl in this and the designs of the doom patrol are amazing and Dan Mora is just firing on all cylinders this year. He's been doing incredible work and I I now I pray at the altar of Dan Mora. It's wonderful. He's jumped into top 10, if not top 5 of my favorite artists and he is doing the lord's work drawing some beautiful Batman Superman adventures. Uh it is still early in the run, which I am going to say for this specific Point, and for no other book that I've mentioned before on the list or honorable mentions, it's a good thing because you can still jump on to the book right now. All you got to do is pick up issues one through three and you are already there. It's telling a story that is super easy to get into a story that you can pick up and give to anybody. And Every single character is firing on all cylinders. Every single plot point is easy enough to understand while still leaving a lot of great mystery to be discovered. The art is wonderful. The character designs are top notch. The writing is amazing. And it's got Batman and Superman dealing with Asian mythology. Like what more could you want from a book? I ask you. It's wonderful. It really is. Out of the three issues that have come out so far, uh, my favorite's issue number two. This is the issue that introduces us to Robin, Supergirl, and the Doom Patrol. Um, it's just wonderful. I love the designs that Dan Mora did for all of these characters. I love the dynamic between Robin and Supergirl, and it's just it's a wonderful time. This is going to be an all timer. I'm telling you right now. I I will eat my desk if this ends up being a bad story that's how confident I am I love this book already and I know that I'm going to continue loving it as the books go along but it's still at the number three spot there's two books that I believe just eke it out for my top books of the year that you need to be invested in and at number two I've got Shung chi Written by Gene Lunyang, Yang, art by Marcus Toh, the synopsis goes like this. Shang-Chi and his family are back. And this time, they're colliding head-to-head with the Marvel Universe's biggest heroes. Shang-Chi has finally taken his place as the leader of the Five-Weapons Society. But using an an evil secret organization as a force for good won't be easy. And it's about to get a lot harder when Shang-Chi's fellow superheroes, like the amazing Spider-Man, start to see him as the bad guy. I absolutely love this book this from top down is my favorite marvel comic that's consistently going from week to week or from month to month i guess every time this book comes up i am filled with joy i love this book to death it is for me consistently the book that needs to be picked up every single every single time it comes out and it's a book that i didn't expect to love as much as i would I thought that I would enjoy it, right? But I didn't realize I was going to fall head over heels for this book, which I should have been. I should have been prepared for it because Jean Luyang Yang is very quickly climbing the ranks as an all-time favorite writer for me. And the art by Marcus Toe, by DK Ruan, by all the artists that have ever touched this book so far has been Incredible. It starts if you want to start go with the uh, Shang-Chi mini. I think it's five issues. That's kind of the prologue. Once again, just like firepower, you get yourself a little five issue prologue and it opens the door up to a wonderful story. It's a book that I am consistently impressed and amazed by. And the first arc, which is again Shang-Chi versus the world, is so cool. It's Shang-Chi. Rubbing elbows with the Marvel Universe in the best way, every single issue he interacts with a different Avenger or Avenger-adjacent character, and they get to see him as, oh, you're not Shang-Chi, former Avenger, you're Shang-Chi, leader of this evil organization, and we need to square that circle. And then the arc after that is dealing with his backstory, the backstory of the Five Weapons Society, how evil was his father really, and is his mother alive? Ooh, all kinds of intrigue, mystery, wonderful action, incredible art, the writing is top-notch, the character The character relationships is really what sells this for me. I love every single interaction that these characters have with each other. Uh, Sister Dagger is just the best. And Shang-Chi's journey of self-discovery and finding out where his place is in the world is just incredible for the character for the narrative for the reader it's really fun to watch because he's thrust into this position that he was not prepared to but now he has to make the best of a bad situation and we get to see him figure that out in real time I love this book the art is gorgeous the covers have been incredible as well they have been gorgeously just Immaculately uh, drawn by Linale Francis, Yu, its its just—it's the best. It's my favorite. Uh, it's my favorite Marvel comic that's hitting stands on a monthly basis. I can't tell you enough how good this book is. The art uh, so far, like I said, DK Ruan is on another level. Sincerely, I did not know anything about him or his art prior to this, but. He is one who I have been keeping a very close eye on since I saw how amazing his stuff was. Marcus Toe is a name that I've been very familiar with for a very long time. He picked up the baton from DK Ruan into the next arc and has been absolutely crushing it. This book is very interesting, not just in the comic shop, but also in this list as well, because technically it's over. The first 12 issues for this, not including the five-issue prelude, uh, have already been released. They're already out. And a rebrand is coming. They have halted this book because they are rebranding it with a brand new number one. I've talked about this before on the podcast. It's completely unnecessary. They're keeping the same exact creative team. They're just adding on a title, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. It's fine. It's whatever because... All. We, all I needed to know is that the same creative team would be on, and all is forgiven. I will forgive Marvel's stupid business plan, or really just the comics industry's stupid business plan of, oh, we gotta, we gotta rebrand the book to a number one every twelve or forty-five issues because that'll get people to come in, that'll put butts in seats. I don't get it. I think Shang Chi has been doing well enough. I. This is speaking purely from someone who doesn't look at analytics. But I think it's been doing well enough. The word of mouth has been good enough. And Shang-Chi has now entered the world stage because of the MCU. That people are going to be paying attention to this book. And yes, maybe it's a quote-unquote corporate synergy thing where it's like, Shang-Chi's got the ten rings in the movies, He's got to have the ten rings in the comics. I get it. However, it's unnecessary. That being said... I'm very excited about Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. It is going to be absolutely wonderful. Uh, My favorite story slash issue so far from the uh, the Shang-Chi series has been issue number six. This was the finale of Shang-Chi versus the world and it pit him against Thor. Shang-Chi versus Thor is incredible. Just as a concept is wonderful and I'm going to leave you with two words that I think will make you want to pick this book up lightning sword just i'm gonna leave it there do with that what you want but again all 12 issues are currently out go pick that up go pick up the five issue prelude and then get yourself ready because shang chi the 10 rings number one is hitting shelves next month we will not have to wait long this is the perfect time to catch up on shang chi's story with the five weapons society In the meantime, in between time. So check that out. It's a wonderful book. It's my favorite Marvel comic of the year. You need to be paying attention to this. However... It's not my favorite book of the year. It's not the number one book that you should be reading in 2022. And I think to the surprise of literally no one, my top book of the year, my number one book that you as a comic book fan should be reading in 2022 is Nightwing written by Tom Taylor, art by Bruno Redondo. What more can I say? about this book that I haven't already gushed about in previous episodes. Synopsis for the series goes like this. Nightwing is back and his drive to keep Bloodhaven safe has never been stronger, but his adopted city has elected a new mayor with the last name Zuko. When Nightwing enlists Black Girl's help in investigating the politician bearing the same name as the man who murdered his parents, she unearths the details that will shock and fundamentally change the hero. Nightwing has had a very solid place on this book and now not only is Dick Grayson leaping into the light he's leaping into the top spot on the comic book list it's currently my favorite book that hits stands every single month every single month I'm constantly impressed by this book and a lot of that has to do with the creative team as I said earlier Tom Taylor is a master at his craft. I have never read a Tom Taylor story that I didn't like, and him being paired up with his longtime collaborator, Bruno Redondo, on this book is a recipe for a masterpiece. Uh, Bruno Redondo's art is next level, just is not, cannot be compared to anything else that's going on right now. Yes, there are contemporaries, obviously, but Bruno Redondo is in his own lane, and the team of them is just... It, it's always been good. Whether you want to talk about injustice, whether you want to talk about Suicide Squad, this team is gold. This team is money. This team is in the top 10, if not the top five of comic book duos of all time. And speaking of top comic book duos this book put a big spotlight on dick grayson and barbara gordon in a way that they haven't in a very long time i love dick and babs together i just think that the two of them work so well and that is coming from someone who has gone on record as a nightwing starfire guy and i have and i will continue to stand by that but this book is very close to making me a Dick Grayson Barbara Gordon guy. It's funny that we spent so long in the Rebirth era with the Rick Grayson, uh, you know, status quo, which was, to me personally, just my opinion, a mistake that they had to make the best of. You know, they had to make the best of a bad situation. And was it a good story? Not necessarily. Did I enjoy it? In parts, but there is nothing like the announcement that we are going to get a brand new Nightwing book back in blue with Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo. I was shouting from the rooftops when this book was announced, and I have been ever since. And in this book, and I think in DC Comics in general, Nightwing feels more important than he ever has in his comic book history. He is leading the charge for... What DC Comics should be. If someone came up to me right now and asked me what is a comic that represents DC Comics right now, it's Nightwing, very clearly. Super heroics, tons of heart, beautiful storytelling, with a very clear good guy, bad guy role. You know, uh, role establishments. Blockbuster, yes, he is a villain who you can see where he's coming from but he's not a good guy there's no moral ambiguity there he's still a villain um Nightwing very clearly a flawed human being and they make many references to it still the good guy still our hero and his relationship with Babs which doesn't feature her in in her Batgirl garb a lot which is my preferred Barbara Gordon has been really fun and Really, all you needed to do was introduce a dog, which, oh, wait, they did. Bringing in Haley, uh, it's, 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 what what do you, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? It's amazing. Bitewing? I mean, give me more. It's a wonderful story that has Dick Grayson dealing with not just the ramifications of his memory loss, but also the ramifications of, oh, yeah, Alfred died, and I wasn't there. I wasn't even myself. So there's all of the fallout from that, him returning to Bloodhaven and taking back responsibility of police, not policing, but protecting that city. And this book has had, you know, the occasional stumble. I don't think the fear state crossover or Fear State tie-ins were particularly strong. They weren't the strongest parts of this series, but that doesn't mean that the quality of the series overall dropped, because they were still solidly Nightwing stories. And the book is not afraid to crossover. I already mentioned earlier the crossover with uh, Son of Kal-El, which was incredible, and I loved every second of it. But it also deals with the Bat family showing up all the time. Very early on, Dick Grayson and Tim Drake are teaming up, and it's beautiful it's what it always should have been and this book is constantly surprising me with the reveals with the story with the art oh my god the art the colors have been wonderful it's just the book that I look to as a comfort read anytime I know an issue of that book is coming out It's always a good time. I consistently, in the Comics Countdown I do every week, I consistently put it in the top. Whether it's the number one spot, whether it's the two spot, whether it's the three spot. It's pretty consistently in the top three. And there's a reason for that. It's a book that I constantly recommend to people. And any time I've been able to recommend it to them and they've been able to read it, 100% success rate. I only have that with one other book and that's All-Star Superman. Not saying that this is as good as All-Star Superman. I'm just saying when it comes to recommending stuff, my two can't miss books are All-Star Superman and Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo's Nightwing. I love this book to death. It is something that I believe, wholeheartedly, is DC's consistently best comic that's coming out on a monthly basis, an ongoing that I hope goes on forever. It's a wonderful book. Uh, My favorite story slash issue so far, I'm I'm not going to say the Nightwing-Superman crossover because I already said that for that, so I'm instead going to go to issue number 87, and yes, it's that issue. Quick backstory for people who don't know what I'm talking about. If this is your first episode, welcome. Happy to have you. I'm sorry I'm stuffy. Um, They decided to do something that hadn't been done before. Something that was breaking new ground. And with issue 87 of Nightwing, they decided that they were going to make one story. Which sounds silly. Because every story in a comic book is typically one story. However, the way that they decided to go with this... Was to look at comics and say, let's do a Daredevil hallway fight, but make it comics. From cover to cover in issue 87 of Tom Taylor Bruno Redondo's Nightwing, it is one simple image. One complete image. I bought a second copy of Nightwing number 87 just so I could. Very carefully take the stables out and then lay it all flat so that it can be one large image. It is groundbreaking. It has not been done before on this scale when it comes to comic books. And it was one of the things that I looked at when trying to figure out the order of this list and said, this is an all-timer. This is a book that people are going to remember. This is a book that people are going to look back 5, 10, 15 years from now for all around still then, and say that it could be the best Nightwing run of all time. And I know that's real I blast that's blasphemous to say. I know that Jed Winnick is reaching out from wherever he is and trying to strangle me. However, I believe this stacks up with literally. Any Nightwing book that has ever come out. And if not, you know, if not matches it, absolutely could exceed it. I know, it's tough. It's a, it's a weird thing to think about, especially with how good Nightwing has been in the past with specific, you know, specific runs that I think don't get as much play as they should. But if you looked at the history of the character and saw his highs and lows, saw where he stumbled, not just as a character, but uh, creatively and in publication history, this is him reclaiming his spot as DC's premier hero. He can be the star of DC Comics. And I think with Dark Crisis coming up very soon nightwing has all the potential to be the number one hero in the entire dc universe it might be strange to say it might be a long shot but i think dick grayson can make the leap and that my friends is the top five comics that you should be reading in 2022 superman son of kal-el firepower World's Finest, Shang-Chi, and Nightwing. And as I said earlier, the honorable mentions list is long. I had to narrow it down to just four, but there are so many good comics going on right now. It's a great time to be a comic book fan. I hope this episode and this podcast helped you to narrow it down if you were trying to get into comics, if you were trying to... um get back into comics if you're trying to just narrow down your pull list because it can get a little expensive i'm speaking from personal experience these are the books that i think you should absolutely be keeping your eye on as the year goes along because we're already halfway through 2022 and i know i'd personally like to spend the rest of the year reading some amazing comics Ooh, welcome back to this week's comics countdown this is the segment of our show where i chat you up about all the comics that you should be picking up this week whether it's at your local comic book shop on comixology or however you get your comics these are the ones i think you should definitely take a look at but before we get into this week's books we got to take a look back at last week's books with the Splane pick of the week of last week and you know what I read through last week's books, and I thought to myself, is it The Amazing Spider-Man number 2 by Zeb Wells and John Romita Jr.? I think it's The Amazing Spider-Man number 2 by Zeb Wells and John Romita Jr. I, for the life of me, was not expecting to enjoy this book, but I picked up issue two, and I realized this isn't a Spider-Man book. This is a Tombstone book, and immediately I am on board. I loved this issue, and I cannot wait. I am back on board. I'm on the Zeb Wells hype train. Let's keep this book going, and keep it like this, please. But that's last week's books. This week, we're checking out five books, and I think you should be going to your personal comic book shop and checking out kicking things off with a double feature of Batman first off we've got Batman 2022 annual number one this is uh, written by Ed Brisson with art by John Timms which is an interesting choice considering they're not either the team that's currently on the book or will be on the book but I'm interested in this the synopsis goes like this Part one. This is part one. Who's the boss? Following the events of the Abyss story arc, Batman has now tasked Ghostmaker to finance and lead Batman Incorporated. First order of business for the new management? Clean up a huge mess Luther created in Chechnya. But is this new group ready to face fearsome new threat, the Grey Wolf? Ooh, interesting. And prepare yourself for the evolution of Clown Hunter. Now, I was pretty excited about Clown Hunter as a character when he first came on the scene, and I, very incorrectly, predicted that Clown Hunter would eventually be revealed as Red X. That, of course, did not happen. However, I'm not sure where Clown Hunter fits in the greater Batman mythos, so I'm hoping that what this book does is it gives me a direction for Clown Hunter. Ghostmaker, I can kind of take or leave. I'm not super invested in him as a character. He's got a great design, but this should be a fun book. Now, the other part of this Batman double feature is Shadow War Omega number one. This is written by Joshua Williamson with art by Steven Segovia and Howard Porter. This one is interesting. This is the the end of Shadow War, and this is going to be Our last stop before, obviously, Batman 124 and then Batman 125 when Chip Zdarsky and Jorge Jimenez take over the book. Now, I have, to be honest with you, I have not been following along with Shadow War because it just didn't interest me. Um, I did look up what was going on. I was uh, given the breakdown and I am in the know. If you have been reading or you haven't been and you don't want it spoiled, I won't spoil it for you here. But it's a very interesting choice, the direction they went with this. So let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. The Shadow Wars Epic Conclusion. The shocking finale of The Shadow War. Lives have been lost. Heroes and villains have fallen in battle. And now the real mastermind behind The Shadow War has been revealed. But they are far from done. Batman and Robin are all that's left to put a stop to their real plans. Can the father and son duo work together to save the day? This is... The conclusion, this is Shadow War, the end. Um, I, There's there's not a whole lot else to say about it. If you are following along with the Shadow War stuff, it's going to be probably exactly what you expect it to be. The reason I'm including it on the list um, is more or less because this is promising to lead into or at least be heavily referenced in Dark Crisis, because that is another book being written by Joshua Williamson that... He has said in interviews, will connect to the story. So, if you are not in the know, if you are not reading Shadow War, at least find someone who is and get the breakdown from them. <laughs> because I guarantee you, something is going to come up. Somebody's going to say something in Dark Crisis. And if you are not aware, it is going to be like, what? Because Joshua Williams is going to fully expect you to have read this book. And I get it. I get it. He wants you to read all this stuff, but Joshua Williamson, I'm sorry, I'm not reading Shadow War, but I still like you as a writer, and I'm very excited for Dark Crisis. Now, next up, we have Strange Number Three. Uh, this was actually a book that was on the list for uh, honorable mentions, but it was just eked out by the other uh, the other entries. It is written by Jed McKay with art by Marcelo Ferreira. And I've been really digging this book so far. I really, really like this. I think the angle of Clea trying to be the protector of both, you know, the living and the dead is a really solid choice and something that we haven't seen done before with Doctor Strange. So I'm excited to see what this book entails. Let's dive into this synopsis. Someone is preying on the misery and suffering of New York citizens. Clea Strange is all too familiar with the demons and monsters that stalk humans. But what happens when it's the humans who are hunting the monsters? I like this because this feels like a Doctor Who story. I can't elaborate further on that, but it feels like a Doctor Who story. And I dig the hell out of it. Clea is a really fun lead and is a stark contrast to Steven that I enjoy and I think that her role in this is going to be one that isn't expected and saying this without any knowledge of what's going to happen I think this is I think Clea is going to be the Sorcerer Supreme for a lot longer than we're all expecting. So I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be wonderful. Next up, I mentioned it earlier. It's Firepower, baby. Uh, Firepower number 21, written by Robert Kirkman. Art by Chris Somney. This book has been top tier for the last good while. But especially for the last two issues. And I cannot wait to pick this up. We are getting some amazing... Oh, I just saw... I, I, I look up the uh, synopses through League of Comic Geeks. Go check them out. And one of these uh, variant covers just caught my eye while I'm looking at these. Because I look at these for the first time every time as I'm recording this. Ooh, I'm going to have to look for that variant cover. That looks really good. It's the David Telaski variant, if anyone knows what I'm talking about. Um, that variant looks dope as hell. But this book is ramping up into something incredible. I believe I would say, since they went on a 12 issue arc uh, before, that we're heading into the home stretch issues is 22, 23, and 24 on the way. Probably wrapping up Owen versus the Dragon, which just sounds metal as hell. But I have been loving this book and I cannot wait to pick this up. Synopsis goes like this Introducing Master Ping. Owen's quest to assemble all the old masters is almost complete. So there's been this concerted effort by Owen to get all the old masters together because they may hold the secret to defeating the dragon. And I love how varied all these old masters are. It's really cool. Cannot wait to pick this up. But the big book of the week, the book I think you should absolutely be picking up alongside Firepower is... Justice League, Road to Dark Crisis, number one. This is written by Joshua Williamson, Brandon Thomas, Philip Kennedy Johnson, Chuck Brown, Stephanie Phillips, and Jeremy Adams, with art by Dan Jurgens, Clayton Henry, Eman- Emanuela Lubicino, Leila Del Duca, Fico Osio, Rosie Campe. and if I butchered any of those names, I deeply apologize. I am bad at this. However... I am very excited about this book. Uh, Dark Crisis, I was not super invested in. However, I got some good recommendations from people who are in the know. And so I am very interested and curious to see how this book goes. And this is your prologue. This is your prelude. we been talking a lot about preludes in this episode. And if anything, I think I've talked about how preludes are a good thing. So... Let's check out the synopsis on this bad boy. Team up slash life of purpose slash survivors slash the pariah slash because the night. The Justice League has tragically fallen in battle, and now we see the aftermath. How does the world react to the Justice League being gone? Which heroes rise up and which villains try to take advantage? And what dark forces are lying in wait to attack? An all-star roster of DC talent showcases a world without a Justice League and sets the stage for next month's Dark Crisis event. Now, they say next month. I think Dark Crisis is literally next week. So, um, this is your final pit stop. This is your final place to grab some snacks, fill up on gas before we head face first into Dark Crisis. I like that they're going the anthology route, telling several different stories to set the stage with what I'm assuming are going to be the main players. And this is going to be an old timer. I'm excited for this. I have faith. Uh, Joshua Williamson, even though, you know, Shadow War notwithstanding, I have faith in him as a writer and I've loved everything that I've read from him. So I'm excited to pick this up for sure. But that does it for this week's comics countdown. To recap, we've got Batman 2022 annual. We have Shadow War Omega number one, Strange number three, Firepower number one, and Justice League Road to Dark Crisis number one. And I think TLDR for this entire episode. We need more preludes. And that is going to bring us to the wrap-up. If this is your first time joining us on the Geek Explained podcast and you like what I do here, feel free to subscribe on the podcasting platform of your choice and give us a rating and review. We drop new episodes every single Wednesday, and honestly, ratings, reviews, and especially subscriptions really does help me out, helps the podcast out in this weird podcasting algorithm space, raises our stock up, and gets us out and into the orbit of listeners just like you. And if you give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, itunes whatever you want to call it i will read your review here on the podcast you can write literally whatever you want and i will be forced to read it you give me those five stars and the sky is the limit and you'll be able to join the likes of our red 13 including cfire nd joshua panels to pixels matt draper burrito man 88 doug from for every kind of geek don swanson that guy brian mouth dork dallas meeks amazing spider fan Lock and az sass and jedi jesse 20 I want to say a huge thank you to these fine folks for their reviews, and I cannot wait to hear yours. If you want to be part of our Geek Explained mailbag, you can write in, write me your emails, send me your messages, ask me your questions, send your emails to geeksplain at gmail.com, put mailbag in the subject header, and I will read it here on the show. Finally, if you want to keep up to date with me, participate in polls that decide future episodes, or maybe you just want to shoot the shit with me on the latest geeky news, you can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at geekExplainedPod. That's at Geek Explained P-O-D. We just crossed three. Hundred followers on Twitter. Thank you so much to all of you, wonderful geeks, you three hundred weirdos who are following along on our podcasting journey. I really do appreciate it, and you are welcome to join the geekdom at any time. Once again, at Geek Explained Pod. That's at Geek Explained P O D. And finally, at the end of our plugs, every single Friday, I, alongside my amazing friends Malcolm Russell Nelson and Jacob Brown, are doing the Explain book club where we are going through every single issue of every single volume of Ultimate Spider-Man uh, this week this is a big week this is a big week we're going into volume 22 of Ultimate Spider-Man entitled Ultimatum and yes it is that Ultimatum so get ready for that stay tuned for that every single Friday Spidey Fridays are the place to be so be there Or be square, not a circle. And that's going to do it for this week's episode. I had a ton of fun putting this list together. If you have your own top five comics that you'd like to share with me, reach out. Whether it's email, whether it's through social media. I love having conversations with you all about comic books and comparing notes and talking about comics that you love. So, again, feel free to reach out. I'm always open. I read everything you guys send me, and I really do truly appreciate it. But... We now turn our attention to next week. Next week, we are going to be talking... Dark Crisis. And in our prelude, uh, our prelude to Dark Crisis, we're going to be ranking every single crisis from worst to best, and there's more than you think there is. So stay tuned for that next week, same geek time, same geek channel. But for now, for Geek Explained, I'm Eric Azana. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe, and we will see you next time.